chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, the pouring out of the Spirit on the church. By the way, the church is never mentioned in the Old Testament, but that's what we know. It's quoted by Peter, and that's what's going on in the book of Acts, chapter 2. Verses 30 through 32, the tribulation in chapter 2 of Joel. And then the kingdom is in chapter 3 of Joel. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Behold, in those days, at that time, I'll restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Uh, the word Jehoshaphat means uh, Jehovah judges. Jehovah judges. And it's a valley just to the north. Some, some take it as synonymous with the Armageddon. It's just to the north of Jerusalem. And what happens is uh, all the nations will come against Jerusalem. They'll be gathered in the valley of Jehoshaphat in order to destroy the Jewish people. But uh, guess what? God is going to have the last say. Look at the rest of verse 2. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people, my people Israel, and my inheritance Israel, whom they have scattered, that is the nations have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. Ooh, they have divided up my land. Oh boy, oh boy, is God going to be ticked. <laughs> they have divided up my land. Uh, come down to uh, verse uh, 9 of chapter 3 of, of Joel. And proclaim this among the nations. Please notice over and over again, the nations, the nations, the nations. Prepare a war. Rouse the mighty men. Let all the soldiers draw near. Let them come up and beat their plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I'm a mighty man. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there and bring down, O Lord, your mighty ones. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit in judgment, or sit to judge, all the surrounding nations. All the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come and tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow. For their wickedness is great. The wickedness of the nations is great. This is what gives me a hint that this is going to happen and the timing is God's timing when there is an indictment against all the nations together. All the nations will be in, in cahoots, if you will, in their sins. Their sins will be, uh, uh, will be virtually the same and of course part of their sins is the fact that they are turning against God's people in a most vicious way and they will be judged. I will judge all the surrounding nations. Uh, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord, and by the way, that's, that's one of the things that, that uh, we would call the, the tribulation. And uh, this is happening at the, this, this, this event, the valley, the um, Armageddon is happening at the end of the tribulation period, it's the start of the kingdom period, is is called the day of the Lord. That is, the tribulation is the wrath, and it's also called the day of the Lord. Is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark, and the stars will lose their brightness. And the Lord will roar from Zion like a lion. God will be furious. He will roar as if a lion from Zion. 
and will utter His voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth will tremble, but the Lord is a refuge for His people. Look at that. He's a refuge for the Jewish people, for His people. And a stronghold to the sons of Israel. Now, if I was uh, an amillennialist, and I want you all to understand what an amillennialist is, the ah is a negative. It's an, an A in front of millennium. No millennium. Ah, a millennial. No kingdom. No literal earthly kingdom. That's what most pastors are teaching today. No literal earthly kingdom. Then I would say the sons of Israel in verse 16, that's the church. That's not the Jewish people. That's the church. Now, I, I have to walk up to a... a a wall and take my head and go bang, 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 bang. I don't see how they could do that. How can someone claim to be a pastor, a student of the Bible, and take words and absolutely destroy their meaning? I don't know how these men can do it. And I would say... I don't know how many churches in Clifton, 20 churches, let's say. I would say 18 of the 20, that's what the men would be teaching. That's what the pastors would be teaching. I don't see how they could do that. That here Israel is the church, or Jerusalem is the church. I don't see how they can do it. I don't see how they could look themselves in the mirror in the morning and, and, and do that. But they're doing it. They're doing. You know, that would be like saying um, uh, if you were a chemist, if you were a chemical engineer, and you said, uh, uh, well, I believe it's okay to put uh, chocolate syrup in your gas tank, make your car run. You'd say, what would you say? You'd say, that's crazy. This is crazy to say that Israel is a church. And we pay these guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they can do that. But they do it. Now, you know, on one hand, if someone heard me say this, you'd say, gosh, Couch, I mean, aren't, you, aren't you extreme about it? No, I'm not. This is exactly what's happening. This is exactly. And almost every one of you in this room, at least half of you, you have experienced this in churches that you've visited, intended. You've heard the pastor virtually say that or just go silent and say nothing, if you will. Uh, but this is, this, is, this is going on continually. But look, look at, um, look, look at uh, verse 17. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. And that would be Christ. He will be physically dwelling in Zion. He's God the Son. Actually dwelling in Zion. And Zion, by the way, is a term used to describe in Jerusalem. There's a hill called the Hill of Zion. It was, it was the apartments of the kings of Israel. That's where they... Uh, their their uh, their residences were, but it, the word Zion then became a term concerning that hill in Jerusalem, concerning the city of Jerusalem, and then concerning the Jewish people uh, in general. It became a kind of a catch-all uh, term. The word Zion. You will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, and so Jerusalem will be holy when Christ is there. When Christ is there, and strangers will pass through it no more. It will come about in that day, verse 18, that the mountains will drip with sweet wine. 
Now he gets very poetical. And the hills will flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah will flow with, with water. Look at verse 20 of chapter 3 of Joel. But Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem for all generations. And I will avenge their blood, which I have not avenged, you could add in the past, for the Lord will dwell in Zion. The Lord will dwell in Zion. Now go back to Isaiah chapter 33. Chapter 33. And look at these great verses. What tremendous little verses in chapter 33 of, of, of Isaiah. Verse 17. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will behold a far distant land. You know, the last 2,000 years, the Jews have suffered so much. And I, I've got so many books on the history of Israel. And the Jewish people were scattered in Poland and Russia and Germany and Denmark. And they were scattered uh, everywhere. And they would read these verses. And their hearts were touched. Uh, and they were under such persecution in all the nations uh, of the world, both the Middle East and, and, and in Europe. And they'd read a verse like 17, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. Now remember the problem. The Jews do not think that Jesus is that king. They believe that the king will come. They just don't think that he was the one. And they don't believe he was the savior. Their eyes are blinded, but slowly God presently is opening their eyes. By degree, uh, it's beginning to happen. Look at verse 20 of chapter 33. Look unto Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. Your eyes shall see Jerusalem, an undisturbed habitation. A tent which shall not be folded. Uh, you won't fold this tent up. You'll keep this tent uh, uh, open. A tent which shall not be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its cords be torn apart. But there the majestic one, the Lord, shall be for us. He will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals. Now it gets very poetic. There's no rivers and canals in Jerusalem, but he's, he's, he's drawing a poetic picture. A place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars shall go and on which no mighty ship shall pass. For the Lord is our Dina, our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he will save us. He will save us. Look at verse 24. And no residents will say, Oh, I'm sick. Because the people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. They will be forgiven their iniquity. Come down to chapter 34 and verse 5. And by the way, I want to give you we have just a few extra minutes. If you have any questions that you want to ask, and don't just ask a perfunctory question. Ask something spiritual that's, that's got some teeth to it. When you ask a question... Something that maybe somebody sitting next to you might, might have in mind as well. 34 verse 5, For my sword, God says, My sword will be satiated in heaven. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be covered with blood because God is going to come with a judgment. By the way, you know, a lot of people just don't think that God will judge. He, he, he just won't judge. He's, he's not, God wouldn't do that. God will judge because of sin. God will punish because of sin. He will. My sword is, is satiated in heaven. Behold, it shall descend for judgment on that nation next door, Edom. 
that nation next door, and upon the people who have devoted to destruction, that would be destruction of my people, Jerusalem, and, and, and the Jewish people. Come down to verse 8, and with this we'll stop and see if you have any comments or questions. Verse 8 of chapter 34, The Lord has a day of vengeance. I don't like that, but it's true. He has a day of vengeance. A year of recompense for the cause of the Jewish people, for the cause of Zion. God has a day. He has a day appointed in which the nations will have to face Him and they will be judged. It will be a recompense. You know what a recompense is? A recompense is a repayment. A repayment. And they're going to, the nations will be repaid for their judgment, for their, for, their, for, their, for their evil against the Jewish people. For their evil against the Jewish people, the, the nations will be repaid from God. All right, let's stop here. We have about three or four minutes. Any questions you might want to ask or at this, this stage? Always bothered me when they had no questions. <laughs> okay, all right then. Uh, when you were talking, we were talking about all this and how Jesus, God in the form of Jesus, the Son, will be reigning in everything. I have heard uh, or read or just in passing heard. Oh, just, just a little louder, just a little louder. Yeah. Some people say that even as believers, when we're in heaven and all this is going on and everything, we will never see God ever. That's, that's true. No we will never see anyone but Jesus. That's right. Is that true? Yes. Because so God we'll is spirit. Never even see God. God is spirit. And, and, and John says, and no one has ever seen God. He is spirit. And even those in heaven, we will never see God. But, let me make, no. You know, what, God, the what, Father. God the Father. But you, 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 what you've got to do, though, is, is really take the idea and explode it in your mind of what we're going to be thinking when we see Jesus. Well, so we're looking at God. We're seeing God in the person of the Son. We it's are so seeing God. It, it, Even for it, me, because I think if they're all the same, they're all together, then why won't we see God since we will be like well, But you won't see the Spirit either, the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, the Spirit is Spirit also. But 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 see, I, I, think, I think what happens is that our, our mind, and, and I, I know you well, so I'm, I'm not castigating you for this, but our mind clicks over to a negative about that, but we, it won't be a negative. It will not be a negative. We will see, be so glad that we're looking at God, the Son. We will see, be so joyous. We will, see over, we will be so overcome by the fact that we're seeing God, the Son. There'll be no question in our minds. There'll be no doubts. There'll be no... Uh, there'll be no hesitations because we are seeing God, the Son. In fact, that's why He took upon Himself flesh so that we could know Him. John chapter 1 says that He explains God. And I think that's more than just His words. He explains God by His person, by His presence. He's explaining God by His, by his presence. So the great white throne of judgment will be Jesus. That'll be Christ. We, there's people differ, differ on that. Uh, there's some that say, well, no, that, that'll be great white throne will, will be God the Father judging. But there's a passage in John that says God the Father says, I have given all judgment to the Son. All judgment to the Son. So I think, I think that, that, that judge will be Christ, the great white throne judgment. One more question or comment. Is Mount Zion, is that the same as the city of David? 
Yes. Well, it, it, yeah. It's it, called the city of David. Right. Okay. What happened? That word. Be, that word became an expanse. It was first of all about a hill, then about the city, the city of David, then about the nation of Israel. So you can say Zion, you're talking about Israel. You can say Zion, you're talking about Jerusalem. You can say Zion, well, it's an actual specific hill in, in the city of Jerusalem. And also Mount Moriah is another name. Mount Moriah is, uh, that, that's right, that, that term is, is, is used for the Temple Mount itself. It was called, it, it was called Mount Moriah, right. So, all right, any other question? Yes, John, Ron? Which one? Huh? Which one? It's so late, I forgot who I said. I'll call you Bill or Jack or whatever. <laughs> Susie wants to know. <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't look at uh, Isaiah 29. No, I didn't want to touch every passage. There's so much here. So. There's so much, yeah. But, but I just kind of, uh, from, from, uh, it sounds like today to a good degree to me. What verses? 15 through 20. Isaiah 29, 15 through 20, okay. Lot what goes oh boy, that's good. Look at 15. You're right. Look at 15. Woe to those who deeply hide their plans from the Lord. <laughs> As if he can't see. He doesn't know. <laughs> Whose deeds are in a dark place. Oh, he won't see me. Oh. They say, who sees us? Who knows us? Boy, to think that God, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't perceive. 15. Um, and I, that's that's an incredible passage. Um, and go on through twenty. I mean, uh, well, verse uh, verse seventeen. It's it's not it's not just just a little while before Lebanon will be turned into a fertile field, and the fertile field will be considered as a forest. And on that day, the deaf shall hear words from a book or scroll, and out of their gloom and darkness, their eyes of the blind will see. The afflicted also shall increase their gladness in the Lord. Uh, the afflicted will be glad in the Lord. And the needy of mankind will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. And look at 20. 20 is a great verse. For the, the ruthless will come to an end. See, God's going to end all this, this pain and suffering. And the scorner will be finished. Indeed, all who are intent on doing evil will be cut off. Look at that. All who are intent on doing evil will be cut off. And, and you know, when you're really under uh, under the gun, when, uh, if this nation falls apart, and I mean it's bad, verses like that are going to really, even though it's not applied to us directly, it's concerning the issues here in Isaiah, but the, the, the thought is tremendous that God is going to make it all right. He's yeah. going real to make hope. it all right. That's what real hope is. Yeah, right. That's, that's real, real true hope. hope. Yeah, and 16 is what we do now. It says, you turn things around. Yeah. Shall the potter be considered as equal with the clay? That what is made shall say to the maker, he did not make me. Or what is formed say to him, he formed it, he has no understanding. All right. And, and you know, the people that go against the God being the creator today and so forth and so on, you know, the scoffers. And right. That, that, that's, yeah. that's what they do. They that's look right. Look at the potter and say... The clay's going to be telling the potter. Right. Boy, there's going to be a lot of uh, eyes open, a lot of, um, can you imagine people that have lived and rejecting God and rejecting Him and rejecting what they will say when this day arrives, when this day of judgment. What a, what a terrible day. What a terrible day. 
All right. Okay, one more, Joe, and then we'll still quit. Yeah. So in Exodus, Moses just heard, just spoke to God, but did not see God. Uh, God, uh, you, you ask a question that we could take a full hour on because we have what is called the, the a theophany. And a theophany, theos is God, and phane is, is either the sound of or can be even about a vision of God. God, uh, put it this way, God was seen in the Old Testament in the person of Christ. Every theologian admits that when uh, Abraham saw God and, and, and uh, Jacob saw God and, and, and uh, uh, Moses saw the backside of God when he was uh, in, in the Sinai, that that was Christ. Because he's the only one in the Trinity who has been seen, if you will, in a physical sense. He's the only one who's allowed, who's taken upon, who took upon himself a physicalness to be seen by human beings. If the story of Abraham when he entertained the, the two angels, and well, the three angels, one's called the angel Jehovah. As that conversation starts out with Abraham, he said, I saw three men and I, I went and had a... Uh, a lamb killed, uh, and we we had a we had a meal. I gave them food and so forth. But as that story goes on, pretty soon he's not talking about some, another person. He says, "I was with the Lord. I was with the Lord." But because of chapter three of of, of uh, Exodus, um, where Christ said Christ quotes that passage and says, "He says that was me. I am. That was me." He takes upon that name from from uh, Exodus third, Exodus chapter three. Christ takes that name on himself. Well, because he did that, that tells us that whenever you have God seen, quote-unquote, in the Old Testament, it was the person of Christ. It was the person of Christ. Now, all these references in Isaiah where it says that God will dwell in Jerusalem and God, God will be seen in Jerusalem, that's Christ. That's not God the Father. That's God the Son. Right, he spoke face to face with Jesus. He spoke face to face with Christ. And that's what he says in, in, in Exodus chapter three. So he quotes that name. He quotes that that whole issue about the, with with Moses. And so it's Christ saying, "Guess what? Guess who Moses saw? Moses saw, and we call it the pre-incarnate Son. He revealed himself in a physical sense." Before he was born by Mary, you follow the pre-incarnate Son, or presentation of the Son of God, and it's also called a theophany. He he revealed himself, but it's 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 God it's God the Son revealing Himself. It's not God the Father. Is that why it says in Moses and Abraham some saw my day because they saw Jesus. That's right. So they knew who he was. That's right. Saw my day. Right. And don't hold your hand up because I don't want to get embarrassing. But how many of you, you thought? And it's it's common because it's not this is not explained enough. And maybe we need to take a whole night and just really do this. But you always thought that well I'll see God the Father in heaven. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> because but it's common because it's not explained. We we have not spent the time to to thoroughly explain this out. Okay. We'll do that. We'll, we'll, as we finish up Isaiah, we'll take a take a section and just deal with what's called the theophany, or the pre-incarnate 
presentation of, of God in the Son or by the Son, okay? And we'll, we'll deal with that, all right? Well, let's close in prayer. And Father, we uh, are dealing with some issues that are tough, and yet Your Word is consistent about who You are, about the Son who died for our sins, whom we'll see for eternity in glory. And we thank You for the fact that uh, You are revealed through Him and that He came to explain You to us. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings that we have. There are no blessings. There are no blessings apart from what you give to us. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, our Savior. In his name we pray tonight. Amen. Yeah.